Hey everybody, welcome to Cultivation with Kevy. I am your host, Kevy the Dreamer, and I have the exciting privilege to be joined by Aaron Marcus, who is a very accomplished actor, more than 30 years of acting experience, and close to 1,300 different roles. Um, yeah, so let's get started. Hi, Aaron, how you doing? I am doing great. So nice to be here with you, Kevy. So great to have you here. Um, so I would like to start off with just asking a few icebreaker questions just to get people to know you better. Um, so because your specialty is acting, I tailored them towards acting. Um, so Mr. Aaron Marcus, I would like to know what is your favorite movie? Ah, you know, it's an, that's an interesting question because typically whenever I'm asked my favorite and it could be anything, you know, favorite, I don't have one. And I know that's yes. probably not what people want to hear, but the problem, yeah. problem with that, it's kind of like your favorite song. Well, yeah. it depends on my mood. You know, it, yes. there's so many different genres and, you know, how do you compare The Godfather with, you know, Waiting for Guffman? You know, I, I love them both and they're very different and they yes. they do different things for me. And um, and it's it's kind of like, too, sometimes people, have, well, what, what's your, what was your favorite job? Well, you know, I do commercial right. print work, which is commercial modeling, modeling for real looking people. And I do acting and mm -hmm. look, some of them have been more interesting experiences, you know, working yes. with Academy Award winning actors. That's very interesting. And when I was flown to Hawaii to do a commercial modeling job, that was incredibly exciting, too. So for me, yeah. I like to work. And yeah. so... Anyhow, so I, I can't even say I've got a, you know, a, a favorite one of those either. Okay. So it sounds like you have great experiences with everything that you've done and um, a lot of different things that you've watched. So that is a hard question. I just was very curious to hear what your take would be um, as, as accomplished as you are. Um, yeah, so I'm going to ask. Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, Kevin. I was just going to yeah. say, I guess for me, I know how difficult it is to book anything. Yeah. I am very appreciative of anything I get. And, yeah. and like, of course, some are more interesting projects than others. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just very thankful um, that, you know, people think that, you know, I'm the right person for this particular job. Okay. Um, so kind of along the same lines, um, but I'll kind of change it a little bit. Um, do you have an actor that you look up to? Um, in your career. Um, and maybe that's changed over the 30 years, you know, cause there's been so many artists, um, come and go since that time. Um, is there anybody that you look up to or, um, you know, inspires you a whole lot? Yeah. Well, and you're gonna, you're, you're not gonna like this answer either. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, once again, there, there are different people who I might like for different reasons. Like for instance, I just finished working, um, with Tom Hanks. Yes. Uh, on a feature film called A Man Called Otto. And yes. besides, this guy is just a phenomenal Academy Award winning actor. I'm not sure how many Academy Awards he's won. I don't know, two or three. I can't, I don't even know. I'm not sure either. Okay. But aside from that, he's just such a nice human being. And, and to me, you know, when you're around somebody, that that's that that plays such a, a a big role in things, and you know something somebody and I know I'm kind of 
wandering here a little bit. It's, it feels like yeah, okay. this is the kind of place where I, I have the freedom to do that. Yeah. I remember talking to a producer once and he once we were just talking about actors and sometimes having to fire actors for different reasons. And he said, you know, a lot of times he finds uh, that the really well-established, well-known actors, they typically are really easy to work with. The people who are a little bit newer, uh, who are, who've been cast on, on a feature film, typically they're really easy to work with. It's the people in the middle who he had the most <laughs> problems with. It's the okay. people who've been doing this for a while. They certainly have had some success, but they feel angry and bitter that they haven't had more success for a variety of reasons. He said, normally those are the hardest ones to, uh, to deal with while uh, working on a project. Okay. And that's great to hear. Um, Tom Hanks seems like a very nice person. So that's, oh. that's a great thing to hear. He is, he is just, he's kind, mm -hmm. generous, um, was so friendly to everybody on the set, mm -hmm. whether it was the extras, uh, just hanging around to the crew, to his stand-in who has worked with him for, I think, uh, John has said he, he's been his personal stand-in for 19 years. This guy's an wow. actor, so he's not standing in for him. Mm -hmm. He's actually out working, but he's traveled the world with Tom Hanks nice. being a stand-in, which is just a pretty unbelievable uh, job. And and just really nice and thoughtful to other, it, just, just to give you an example. So in the, without giving out much information about what was going on, it was mm -hmm. cold for me. I, I was in the snow, my face is in yeah. the snow, my hands are in the snow, it was cold outside. Yeah. And we were taking a break while they were resetting some things. And I'm just sitting next to him and he said, hey, would you like some hot tea? Um, uh, would you like some hand warmers, anything I can get for you? It's like, that's not his wow. job. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was just a, a really, really, really nice person and, you know, cared about other people. That is awesome. So I particularly am interested. I was looking you up and before I had the pleasure of uh -oh. interviewing you now. <laughs> Not true. Um, I didn't do it. <laughs> um, you have so many interesting roles that you've been a part of, and I am a huge Law & Order fan. So I'm curious to hear how that experience was for you. Hey, you're, you're going you're gonna to like this. And I haven't, I probably haven't told this story in, in like 20 years. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I got cast in the uh, Law and Order Criminal Intent. Yes. And uh, it, it was, it was wonderful. It was a really, really good experience. And it's really, it's really easy, at least for me, uh, mm -hmm. to feel paranoid in the business. <laughs> Um, and I assume it's this way for other people, but I'm just, you know, sharing information here, yeah, uh, honestly. Yeah. And, and I got a call from someone in production. This was, a I don't know, a week or two after we shot. And they said, uh, we need you to do your lines again. So I immediately started thinking, uh oh, they hated mm -hmm. what I did. Right. It was horrible. They didn't believe it. It didn't sound right. They want me to try to do it again so they can fix it. And mm -hmm. So went to New York, go into a studio and it's called doing ADR work. And that's when you're doing essentially it's like voiceover work. And okay. so you're in this, uh, this, this area, this booth and or that's what you booth, but it was an area with a gigantic screen. 
And basically what happens is you, you've got to redo your lines. So you will hear in your headphones, you'll hear some beeps and you, you get like a couple seconds right before you start. And that gives you an idea of when you need to start. Okay. So I redid all of my lines and I had to get it perfectly so that it matches my mouth that's moving. And okay. so when I had asked, I was just kind of curious what would it happen? It had nothing to do with my performance. There were some extras who were talking in the background and they couldn't separate it from my right. lungs. So they just needed me to redo it. That's all. You know, okay. so I'm here I'm thinking, oh, they hated it. They don't like it. Yeah. No, it was just it was a technical issue. So okay. anyway, but it was it was it was really wonderful. That's very I didn't know that um that you know, with live live film and live TV and things like that, that you could do something like that. Well, so that was a lot. No, we, I mean, we recorded. Oh, recorded. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. We recorded it in, um, actually, no, someplace in New York. I, I don't really remember where the okay. hospital was. Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, oh, the actor who I had the scene with. Um, He's great. This guy was great. Uh, mm -hmm. Frio. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. I just forgot his first name. Just a phenomenal uh -huh. actor. And uh, I, actually, you know what? There, there was a, there was another little, you brought it up. And once again, I told the story in years. So the guy who was the guest star, uh -huh. um, I, I'm his doctor and he collapses and I have to grab him. And, um, his name will come to me. His name will come to me. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm the same way with names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I had to grab this guy and he said, hey, do me a favor. Um, don't grab anywhere near my face because I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm not covered up in this. I said, of course. Hey, look, you're yeah. the guest star. I I'm just working as a day player on this thing. Whatever you want. Right. Vincent Donofrio. That's his name. That's oh, there the we go. Okay. That's the guy from Law and Order. I forgot his partner's name. Yeah. So we did it a couple times. We were just rehearsing and uh, Vincent walks over to me and he said, hey, do me a favor. When you grab him, grab him like this, which was very different than what the guest star. And so I just said, sure, no problem. And, you know, so there's there's always this pecking order on the set. And look, this guy's the star of, of the show. This is what he was asking for. And I did. I as a courtesy, I walked over to the guest star and said, hey, look, I just want to let you know, Vincent asked me to grab you like this. He goes, hey, no problem at all. And so that's what we wound up doing. And uh, it was a nice, it was a really nice little scene. I enjoyed it. Nice. Um, I was just so enamored by your story that I lost my train of thought. But I, I just, I love <laughs> oh, to I hear. effect on people. It's that magnitude. <laughs> you know? I, I love to hear the stories of working actors and working artists and you know, your experiences and what we can learn from them. It's, it's so exciting. Um, can you explain what the term day player means? Yeah, sure. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't make that. Really that's okay. Clear. Yeah. So mm -hmm. typically what that's going to mean is you mm -hmm. audition, you know, for a role. Sometimes right. you get a callback. Sometimes you don't get a callback and you're going to work on that project for one day. So you're, okay. you're a day player. Okay. And for the day. Yeah. For the day. Okay. Um, right. And, you know, it's, it's a funny thing, you know, sometimes people say, well, they're, you know, it's a small role. And then other people say, well, there is no such thing as a small role. Let, let me just say, right. yes, there are small roles. 
I mean, mm -hmm. I've had jobs where they're very small roles. Mm -hmm. However, I don't diminish the roles yeah. in any way. Right. They might be small. I might say mm -hmm. a couple of words, but you know what? Out of anybody in the world, I got booked for it. They thought yes. I was the perfect person for it. And so yes. for anybody who, you know, who gets a small role, don't, don't take that for granted because it's mm -hmm. difficult. A lot of people don't understand. And I, and I've spoken to a lot of casting directors and yes. look, these are not exact numbers, but mm -hmm. I've had casting directors tell me uh, that sometimes they will receive it could be 300, 500 submissions or more, right. depending on the type right. of project it is, the type of role, mm -hmm. headshots and resumes per project. And out of all of those submissions, and once again, this is not an exact number, yeah. but the number that, that's popped up a number of times for me, they might, they might grant like 30 auditions. So just getting the audition yes. is winning. That yes. is phenomenal. Getting yes. the audition, that means out of anybody in the world, you are one of a very small percentage of people who are being given the opportunity to read for this for this role. Booking it, and look, I, I've got a very different philosophy with, mm -hmm. with going, to, going to auditions and booking jobs. Mm -hmm. Some people like to visualize. They see themselves on the red carpet. They see themselves giving a speech after getting an Emmy or an Academy Award. Right. And they find that to be very helpful and it gives them confidence. I mm -hmm. tried that one time and I didn't even get a call back for that. And I, <laughs> it was very embarrassing for me. I stopped doing that very quickly. Yeah. So here's what I do. And, and once again, I'm not telling anybody else how they yeah. should do it. It's whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. When I go to an audition, I know I'm not getting the job. And and it's not because I'm this negative guy and I'm going, oh, mm -hmm. I'm horrible. Nobody likes me. I'm never going to book any. Hey, look, there, I'm, am I the greatest actor in the world? No, no. But there are some things that I do okay and, and you know, and I get booked uh, for certain things. But what I like to do is not even think about booking a job. Because I, I, and honestly, I don't think I'm going to do it. There are just so many factors that go into getting and not getting a job. So what I do is my goal for every audition that I go on, my number one goal is having a good time. That's my goal. I, it, it's, it's a Monday afternoon. I right. get a chance to play for two minutes or three minutes. Yes. Uh, you know, shoot an audition or maybe at some point actually go into a casting director's office again. Right. To me, it's enjoying myself. Yes. That's my number one goal. My, my second goal is I want to learn from the experience. And even though I've, you know, I've done a pretty good amount of things, I'll walk out and I'll think, okay, did I do what I wanted to do in there? Did I follow direction if I was given any notes? Um, and if not, try to figure out what went wrong. And the third thing is, look, if I, if I book it, that's great. If I don't book it, that's, that's fine too, because I, I don't think I'm going to get it. And so I find that when I go in that way, number one, it takes a lot of pressure off. Because yes. if you go in thinking, oh, I really want this, you know, I'm going to have a scene with this actor and or right. a big project, that mm -hmm. you're adding so many layers of yes. pressure on yourself that if you're feeling mm -hmm. any kind of nervousness anyway, you're just mm -hmm. adding to it. And it's hard to work well under those conditions. 
And so I, I think if you go in and you just think, oh, I'm not getting a job, but hey, it's a, it's a Monday afternoon. It's fun. I'm going to have a good time. It really, it really lowers the boiling point. And, and I can tell you too, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but casting directors, they can smell blood. They can smell desperation yes. and neediness mm-hmm. a mile away. And that's not who they want to work with. They want right. to work with somebody who is exuding confidence, who is just there to, you know, spend some nice time, you know, together. That, that's all because, you know, the, if you are showing the neediness and the nervousness, then it's going to make them think, well, I don't know if I really want to bring this person onto a set. You know, that doesn't right. seem like a good situation to right. be in. How are they going to mm-hmm. react if things don't go yes. well? And and I'm not telling people don't feel nervous. You know, most yeah. humans, well, maybe I shouldn't right. say those. I typically feel nervous when I go into yes. an audition. Not if I'm shooting in my home office, but if I'm going into a casting director's office, yeah, right. I do feel some nervousness. But see, once again, and I, I do, like, I do entire workshops on this stuff, but let me give you yeah. the short version. I do things in a different way. I don't try to get rid of, I don't try to get rid of all my nervousness. Right. And I know sometimes people will say, oh, I've heard you audition. I've heard you practice this thing a million times. You sound fine. Just go in there and do it. Well, you know what? That's easy for other people to say because they're not the ones doing it. Right. So what I like to do is instead of getting rid and trying to, to just just get that out of my life, I like to harness it and use that energy in, mm-hmm. in a positive way. So, yeah, I still will you know feel the tingly stuff. I still feel a little nervousness, but mm-hmm. it's not overwhelming me. And, and I do that in a couple of different ways. One is just mentally knowing, hey. I don't have the job anyway, so what's there to be nervous about? Sometimes I'll do, I'll take some deep breaths um, in private prior to the audition. Sometimes I might just shake, you know, my hands around just to kind of get rid of the excess stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't try to completely rid myself of nervousness. I think that's very helpful and it brings more energy to my audition. I love that. That is a blessing. Um, I think that that's a great way to go through life because I think, like you said, it takes the pressure and the expectation off of yourself. And I think that it's also nice that once you book that job, it's like, this is fun. You know, like (laughs) I got, you know what I mean? Like you don't have that expectation. So it's like a, it's like a pleasant surprise once you get it. I think that that's a great. Sorry to interrupt you. You know, it's like buying a lottery ticket. Yeah, I don't do it very often, but sometimes like right. I'm traveling with my family and we're going into you know a place to get some gasoline and um, I'll buy a lottery ticket. And do mm-hmm. I think we're going to win any? Of course not. I'm not going to win anything. Right. But, you know, the time period where we're just scratching things off, it's fun. And we start talking about, yes. you know, what we're going to do. It's, it's so in some ways it's kind of it's kind of like that. And, and mm-hmm. what I said before, and I truly believe this, look, we have complete control over our audition. We can yes. do whatever we want to do in the audition. We have absolutely no control over the decisions that are made as to who books the job. And it could be anything from, you know, I'm too tall, I'm not tall enough. I'm too thin, not thin enough. Um, well, it's never going to be too good looking. That I haven't run into. But maybe I look too much like the the star or, or somebody else who's already been established in this project. And that would be kind of weird. And something that I 
heard from somebody who was involved in a casting. And this was, I just thought this was really an eye-opening thing for me. And I don't know how often it happens, but mm-hmm. a woman came in for a callback for a feature film. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved her in the room. And when she left, the, um, uh, the casting director said to the director, she was phenomenal. And the, and the director said, yeah, yeah, she, she was great. And they said, so you're going to offer her a contract? And he said, no. Why wouldn't you offer a contract? I thought you thought she was, oh, no, no, she was phenomenal. She reminds me too much of my ex-wife, who I just can't stand. Can't stand <laughs> to be around that, um, you know, for three yeah. months or whatever. It is. And yeah. so it can be crazy with these decisions. Now, I'm not saying maybe right. your audition wasn't very good. Maybe you do need some help with it. Maybe it wasn't a good read. But it's not like the Olymp- auditioning is not like the Olympics. It, it, it's not who gives the best performance. Look, I assume if you were brought in, probably everybody who's reading is doing a really good audition. And then it comes down to other factors that you have absolutely no control over. So that, that's why th- th- there are so many reasons why you can book it, not book it. Don't even get into that. Just enjoy yourself during the audition. Absolutely. And to circle back to something you said earlier that I really liked um, that um, I think was important is how you said there is no small role. You know, I'm I'm very new at what I'm doing as well. And um, I was featured as an extra on a project that you worked on as well, um, the Netflix uh, White Noise. Yeah. Um, and, you know, going into that experience and realizing how all of these characters make the whole overall picture and the whole, you know, the whole... Um, project come together like you said there are no small roles like we may not have a speaking role um there may be people that um are just in the background but when you think about it that is that's life like you have a bank setting you know you have the people at the bank um you know that all of it comes together so i really like that you said that i think that that's a really important um thing for actors and aspiring actors, working actors to remember is even if it's not the starring role or the main role, it still is intricate to the project or to the, you know, the story. So yeah. I love that. And that is such a, and actually there are two things I, I want to add to that because I think it's mm-hmm. a really important uh, point. The reality is if there is a film and there are no extras, the film doesn't work. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Right. In the scene that, that I was in, did I say this? Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Anyhow, in the scene that I, in, in White Noise, yeah. there were a lot of people in this particular place. Um, right. There were, I think, seven principals. I was one of the principals there. Mm-hmm. And there could have been a couple of hundred uh, non-principals who, who, were, who were doing right. it. If those right. people were not there, it doesn't make any sense. Right. It just doesn't work. So... You know, just because you might be doing extra work one day, don't don't diminish that either. And and look, I've done a lot of extra work in my life. And um, the way that I go into extra work is I'm not there to try to try to be seen. Um, I want to do whatever is necessary to make the scene work. And I remember this was really interesting. It's so funny. And you're, you're bringing up things I haven't thought about in so many years. I was an extra on a TV commercial. 
And okay. it, was, it was a national spot, some kind of health insurance thing. And it was taking place inside a theater. The principals were on stage. And then there was also a principal in the audience who started coughing. And that's what was you know, this, this particular health um, mm-hmm. uh, insurance company. They're so good. Somebody actually went over to try to help the person. Okay. So I'm up in the balcony of this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so far away from anything. And as this person is coughing, I look down and I'm staring at the person and I'm getting a little upset because they're interrupting this play. Mm-hmm. You know, and once again, I know I'm nowhere near the camera, but it just felt like I'm here. Right. I'm right. an actor. Right. This will make it fun for me. I don't want to just sit there and stare at my watch for right. you know six hours, eight hours, however long it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm reacting as if I were a principal. And anytime I've ever done extra work, I've treated it as a principal job, even though I'm just an extra. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. It was about two weeks later after mm-hmm. the shoot, and I was doing some voiceover work in a studio, and it just so happens the woman who was producing that spot, I guess, was doing something else at the studio, and we kind of crossed paths going down the hallway, and mm-hmm. she looked at me, and she said, oh, hey, congratulations. And I said, well, thanks for, you know, for, for what? Uh-huh. She said, oh, you got upgraded in that TV spot. I said, I did? Wow. She goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, director saw your reaction. Loved it, and there's a close-up of you in in the in the shot. Wow! So I went from being an extra yeah. to being uh-huh. a principal in a national television commercial. Right. And for just so people know, for a uh, for a TV spot, you don't have to say any words to be considered a principal. Okay. Um, if you do something that changes the scene, even if it's just a reaction you can be considered a principal according to union rules in yeah. film and television. I mean, unless you were cast and there were no lines, but um, even if you are featured and the camera is right on you, you're still an extra uh, unless you are given, you know, words to say, and you can't just like scream something out and say, Hey, well now, you know, now I should be uh, right. considered principal. But I just thought that was a, a really interesting experience and look i've never reacted that way thinking oh well maybe you know the camera will see me and the director and i'll get upgrade i i I just i've never gone into it in that Mm -hmm. way but that stuff does happen certainly much more in tv commercials than in in a film or or a television show but to me if, if i'm hired we're all a team as a matter of fact i even said this to, to tom hanks because i i thanked mm-hmm. him for helping to create this and i also said it to his wife rita wilson who is the producer of this project okay um just they've just created such a wonderful atmosphere on the set and i've always found that it comes from the top and when you have producers, directors who are just really kind. It filters down to the first AD and the second AD and second second and the PAs on the set, the production assistants Mm -hmm. who are running around, who are getting paid the least and probably working the hardest. It just creates this atmosphere. And and what he said, he said, well, you know, well, thank you. Uh, He said, but look, we're all a team here. You know, we're all trying to make this thing happen. And so why not? 
be nice to everybody. And right. but I, I think that's just also just a wonderful philosophy. And uh, so anyhow, yeah. So when, whenever I was doing extra work, I yeah. was treating it like an acting job. Yeah. And I'd say that your mindset is absolutely contributed to your success. And that's how you became a principal because you, you took it as more, like you said, like you're not just there twiddling your fingers and waiting for eight hours. You actually reacted in the scene and, um, you know, and that took you from being quote unquote behind the scenes to now you're featured on camera. So that's wonderful. That's a wonderful, like you said, philosophy for life. It, it really, it really is. And I guess, you know, it, it, there's some, cause I do a lot of, I've done over 800 workshops and whether done in person, um, virtual. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that a lot of things that I do talk about that's connected with the acting uh, or commercial print industry, like you said, they really, these are life uh, examples of, mm -hmm. and, and these are ways that I do run my life. Like for instance, so I, I've got a, a free, um, Acting model and quick tip channel on YouTube. Yes. It's, it's really helpful. I've got a couple over like yes. 250, almost 260 free videos there. And the reason for doing it is because I want to create a channel, a place where people can go learn from yes. my experiences, but it just is important share information with other people. So, like, there's one I'm going to be um, uh, uploading tomorrow. And it's about uh, different things that agents can and can't do to help your career, six things. And I'm hoping that other people share some of their thoughts about ways that agents can and can't help people. Because I like the concept of building a community of people helping each other. And, and I know, you know, they, they talk about competition and once again, this is just my own philosophy. I don't have any competition in this world. And I'm not saying that because I'm boasting because I'm, I'm so good. And there's nobody who can compete with right. me. Not at all. Mm -hmm. I feel that way about everybody because yes, we might look similar. We might be auditioning for the same role. We might've had, you know, similar roles that we've done in the past, but the reality is we are all unique people. We've all had different life experiences and we all deal with things differently, think differently and bring something different to a character. So, you know, if I'm in a room, a casting uh, office and I see other people, I'm not eyeing them up and going, Hey, uh, you know, that guy, he thinks he, he thinks he's going to get, he's not getting this role. I, I know. I'm you know, I yeah. just concentrate on what I want to do. And I truly believe that for everybody, there is no such thing as competition. And I think that's also something that will add some anger and stress to whatever you're doing. Because if you're trying to compete and beat somebody, then, then you're, you're out of touch with what you're trying to do. And so just concentrate on what you, know, you can do. So I love the idea of surrounding myself with other people who are willing to share information. And that's also why, like on my channel, for all my videos, I ask people, share it, share the link, you know, let other yes. people learn mm -hmm. it as well. Not only for me, but, you know, from what other people have to say. And so that that's like a, a big goal of mine is mm -hmm. just to have a large community of people who are out there just doing whatever they can to share information and help each other. 
Absolutely. That is so beneficial. And it reminds me of a quote that I've heard um, that says, my only competition is myself. And I think that when you have that mentality and that philosophy, like you said, it it's very healthy because you're not comparing yourself to other people, you know? And that's something that I've struggled with in my life is learning how to be me and be the best me and not worrying about anybody else. I think that all artists and actors, you know, I think that's important. So I, I love that you said that. Yeah. And, and let me tell you, that wasn't, you know, <laughs> that took a while. Yeah. You know, that wasn't something that just instinctively came to me. It was right. hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. And, uh, but you know, once I got to that place, and look, not to say that I still don't feel crazy every once in a while, not, not as far as competition goes, but just, you know, in yeah. life in general, like, we're, you know, we're human beings. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like this big sense of relief and it just made the process of the industry for me much better. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's important, like you said, to have a very healthy um outlet or process to navigate in the industry because you see yeah, so and, many people. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off again. No, you're good. You're good. I, and I was just going to say, and I know that some people, you know, say, well, it's good karma because it's going to come back to you. I, I, I don't even use that either. So mm-hmm. It doesn't have to come back to me. You know, I, I do things like for instance, and I know that, and like, I'm not trying to present myself here as Gandhi. Like mm-hmm. I donate blood to the Red Cross. I got a weird blood type and I know it's always a need. So I think okay. it's like every 90 days. However, often yeah. I can do it. I go in and do it. And, you know, I don't go in there thinking, well, you know, what, what am I going to get back from this? You know, if I'm right. putting this good stuff out in the world, it's going to come. Yeah. You know, I just don't, I don't think of it in that way. Cause in some ways that seems almost selfish. Well, yeah, I'll help you if you're going to help me. I just right. don't, I do it because I think it's, it's the right thing to do. I think it's a nice thing to do. It's, you know, it's, it's something that I, I can do that will, literally save life. I mean, I just found out I don't, I donated like eight gallons and saved almost 200 people, you know, or wow. 200, I don't know if I saved. but anyhow, yeah. and once again, like, I'm not like this perfect kind of human mm-hmm. being, but I, I do think it is nice. I think it's a good way to, like you were saying, to live your life and to live work when you do surround yourself with like-minded yes. people who are out there trying to help each other. Yes. That's so important to surround yourself with good energy and good people. Um, so I love um, the story that you just told about donating blood. And that gets me to my next point. Um, you like I'm to not give a vampire. Blood. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> um, so giving back is something that seems like it's important to you. And um, I love I love your YouTube channel. Actually, I'm a subscriber and you have wonderful tips. Um, and you also privately mentor people. And you've also written a book. And so I would love to hear about that. I actually am planning to get your book. Yeah, great. So yeah, the book is How to Become a Successful Actor and Model. And yes. it's really helpful. It's mm-hmm. it's not you can become a star kind of book. It's right. really nuts and bolts of mm-hmm. getting started, how to do it, what kind of mm-hmm. materials do you need, how to create those materials, mm-hmm. how to find agents, how to deal with contracts. Uh, shooting home auditions, you know, mm-hmm. preparing how to find work on your own. It's, it's, it's a real nuts and bolts of this is how you do the work. And it's just like, and also with my private sessions, I say five days a month where I work with people privately, um, mm-hmm. virtually. And 
look, I, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep well at night if I said, oh, yeah, I can promise, you know, I can guarantee you're going to get an agent and you're going to start booking jobs. And I, I can't do any of that. And anybody mm -hmm. who does, they're just not being truthful with you. What, right. what I can guarantee, though, is I can give you your best chance of having success. I can give you the information. Now, what you do with it, that's okay. going to be up to you. And I have had hundreds of people who have gone on and you know, look, six, having success is very different for, for different people. Some people, uh, they might have a full-time job and every once in a while, uh, their agent will submit them for a project that they'll book. And so a couple times a year, they book jobs for them. That's, you know, that's success. Some people, they want to work more regularly, whatever, whatever that is for you. Uh, but I can give you the information and I'm, I'm certainly not saying this is, you know, the only way to do things. It's kind of like, and I don't talk about this very much either. So kind of like in a previous life, I was a musician. I studied uh, classical guitar in college okay. uh, before I was doing acting. And uh -huh. there are, you know, a lot of different techniques to playing classical guitar. And, and I wound up making my living uh, for seven years working as a musician and not just doing classical, uh, but it was a songwriter and performing stuff like that, doing mostly colleges. But the fact is, yeah, there was a certain technique that I used that I found really helpful. But to say that that's the only way to play a guitar, it's, it's crazy. And, and, you know, look, I don't, I don't care if you're playing with your teeth. If you can play in a way that moves me, that sounds incredible, that's all I care about. You know, I, I don't care about your technique in the same way with acting or the way you run your business, your acting business. You know, I can only share with people what has been really good for me and, and to stay clear of some of the roads that weren't so good for me. But I'm certainly not saying this is the only way to do it. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in my book and my private sessions, I have a virtual program, acting a modeling program. That's also really, really helpful. And my YouTube channel, just the simplest way, just go to my website. It's howtoactandmodel.com. It's all spelled out, howtoactandmodel.com. And there's a link for the book. There's a link for private mentoring. There's a link for uh, the YouTube channel. And yeah, you definitely want to go to the channel, subscribe, click the bell, the notification button. So that way, every time I upload a new video, you'll be notified. And if you like the video, which I certainly hope you do. I spend a lot of time putting these, these things together, you know, give it a thumbs up and then share it, share the link with yes. other people. Yes. My last question for you, um, I think ties into everything that you've said, and it's just something that I'm curious about. Um, so you said that you started in, um, well, not started in, but you in a previous life were a musician. So yeah. did you, um, did you always were you always interested in acting or is it, is it one of those stories that like you're in college and you're like, what do I do? What do I do? And constantly change your major. <laughs> that, that's, that's a wonderful question. And it, it, let me give you the, the condensed version. So no, I had no thoughts at all of being an actor. I did uh, one play in, in high school. I think that uh -huh. was now I acted in life um, yes. a lot. Uh, but not, not, uh, not on stage, not, you know, anything else, but the short version is this, um, 
when my, and I, I performed music with my brother, when he decided after seven years of doing this full time, and things were going really well, and I was really enjoying it. He decided that he didn't like performing and he didn't like traveling, which is not really good for musicians. Yeah. Right. So he gave me a year's notice. I had to kind of figure out, and, then, and this is later in life. I was already in my late twenties. You know, what was I going to do now? Because I didn't want to pursue it on my own. So I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Um, once again, a lot of research. Long story. Yeah. Short version is I started taking all the classes. I went back to college after dropping out. Started taking all the classes, mostly science, that I avoided all my life. Because right. it wasn't taking science classes just wasn't my thing. But in order to apply to physical therapy school, you have to take all these prerequisites. So mm -hmm. did that. But while I was in school, I needed a job, just a part time job to support myself in school. And I met an actor. He told me what he did. He did mostly TV commercials. And I thought, that sounds like fun. You know, it's part time. Uh, if you do work, you get paid pretty well. Um you know, you can kind of pick and choose your own hours because it doesn't come up all that often. And right. so I start looking into that. And the crazy thing is I started getting some work. And so I was doing this part time for two years. And then when I was about to apply to physical therapy school, I thought, you know what? I'm really enjoying this. I want to try this for a year. I'm just going to give it one year. Let me see what it's like to try to make a living. Can I, uh, you know, still feel okay doing this stuff um, uh, with no guarantees whatsoever, just being a freelancer? Because, you know, when you're an actor, you don't have a steady, steady job, you know, unless you happen to be on a TV series that lasts for 30 years. You know, can my stomach handle that? Which I knew I, I knew that. That part I probably could. I was a musician for seven years. So, um, and then did I enjoy it? I didn't know, you know? And so I did it for one year and I thought, this is great. This is, this is something I really want to do and continue doing. So I've been doing this for like 36 years now. And so, um, yeah, so it's not like other people who from a very young age, they always knew they wanted to be an actor and they were doing community or, you know, doing uh, things in their, their, their church or synagogue or mosque or wherever, wherever <laughs> they were doing theater. Um, it was very, very different for me. So I did things kind of backwards. After I started working full time as an actor, I thought, I better really learn how to act. I was going off with instincts and I thought, I, if I'm going to really pursue this, I, I need to have technique. I need to know what I'm doing. I can't just always do things off of instinct because there are times where I just might not be feeling things and I don't really know what I'm doing. I just happen to be fortunate. I guess some things were going right. So I started studying privately. I started taking classes uh, with, you know, groups of other actors. So yeah, I did things kind of backwards and then I continued to, to study for, you know, a lot of years and I still, you know, periodically I might study with somebody or sit in on some classes. Uh, so I know that wasn't as short as you were probably hoping, but no, I didn't plan on doing this. Uh, nobody in my family uh, thought I was going to do this. And just, just one last thing I just wanted to share with everybody. I know you didn't bring it up, but don't let other people talk you out of something that you want to pursue. Yes. And, 
And look, certainly do things in a smart way. You know, don't, you know, drop out of being, you know, president of a bank um, and needing a certain kind of lifestyle to maintain, you know, your, you know, pay your bills and stuff and just jump into something without experience. But I can tell you, I, I had a number of people tell me, you know, what are you crazy? Uh, especially when I first wanted to start working in New York and people were telling me, hey, look, they already have a million out of work actors up there. You live in Baltimore, Maryland. Do you really think that they're going to, you know, you're going to find an agent. You're really going to work up there. I don't want to see you get your heart broken. You're wasting your time, your money. It's going to be a horrible. And I thanked all those people for, you know, looking out for my cardio situation Mm -hmm. But what I learned from that was that there are a lot of people, even people who you think are saying things to you in, in your best interest, they might not be. And some of those people simply don't have the courage to do things that you are about to pursue. And because of that, they don't want to see anybody else succeed. So they will do everything they can to rein you in and not do something that they are fantasizing about doing, because that would be very difficult for them. And I knew I could go to New York. And by the way, I never moved there. I just commuted, and I still do. Um, I knew that I could live very comfortably without ever getting an agent in New York, without ever working in New York, with being turned down by everybody. I could live with, I wouldn't be happy. I could live with that. What I couldn't live with was not knowing if I could make it happen. And so, for, you know, look, I, I knew that I would have these, these nightmares every time I watched a movie or a TV show or, you know, or a TV commercial, you know, a national spot that might have been shot in New York. And I've always, I'd always be wondering, I wonder what if, could I have done that? So I went up there and yeah, it's, it, it, and, I can tell you a story another time. It, it was a, just a very unusual situation, but something was looking out for me. Um, and I actually had a lot of, it, it really, it changed my life, my, my business life by going to New York. And so if it's something that you really want to pursue, do it in a smart way get the information, study with people, take classes, get mentoring, read the right books and things like that. But don't let other people talk you out of doing something that you really want to do because it's something that's going to gnaw at you for the rest of your life. And that's a horrible way to live. Amen. Aaron, <laughs> I feel like you took us to church, so I had to say that. Um, thank you so much for your time. You, I know that you have you've blessed me. I know that you've blessed other people. Um, such a vast wealth of knowledge, and I'm just so appreciative of you being here. Everybody out there, please um, go to his website, howtoactamodel.com. Um, and if you follow me on Instagram at Cultivation with Kevy, Cultivation spelled with a K for Kevy. Um, I'm going to be posting um, some information about Aaron Marcus as well, um, ways to um, get in contact with him and his business ventures and things like that. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, Kevin, I thank so appreciate you so it. Much. And, thank, and also thank you for doing everything that you do to help other people in the industry too. That's really, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.
All right. Take care. Thank you.